Hawks and Bell, the number one sports talk show in Atlanta for your ride home. Oh, snap. No, they didn't. A boneless rib sandwich. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You know, uh, we keep thinking that our former coach, now two coaches removed, Dan Quinn, is going to get back in the head coaching seat. All right. Now's the time to strike. Well, if he does not take a head coaching job or is not hired as a head coach, he is heading back to Dallas. Apparently, what? he's made that clear okay. that if I don't take a job. So, Mike, he's going to explore all of this, these jobs. One tickles his fancy. Okay. And I've said this to Mike numerous times because they got people there in Dallas. Jerry loves this guy. Okay. Um, and he already cut him a big check to stay as the defensive coordinator last year. Because they won 12 games again, Mike, and then they lose. And he's like, oh, we can't lose DQ. We led the league in turnovers. Right. Uh, and they come back. So, And, you know, like, you know, as we said, you're not defined by one game. But, I mean, some would say Dan might have been looking at other jobs the way he coached that defense. Because, yeah. my God, you let Jordan Love come in down and look like Aaron Rodgers in his prime. What were the adjustments, Mike? No, where's the blitzing? You know what I mean? Last time I checked, they still had Micah Parsons on that team. I'm just, look, we, we had a good relationship with Dan. But sometimes Dan, I, sometimes a little stubborn. Jerry, speaking of stubborn. See, this is where Belichick should go in for my money, Carl, because, you know, whether whether it's Josh McDaniels, whoever, just get Dak Prescott's head right for the postseason. You've got all the pieces. Jerry has, has finally, you know, what, 25 years after Jimmy leaving, has finally put together some really good football teams, but you're blowing it. And McCarthy can't get you over the top. It's, no. I, mean, I how think Dick Prescott had the better year. <laughs> I mean, I, when did Micah Parsons become somebody from Newcastle? But anyway, the, the, the thing about and the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. What have you not already seen? And Jerry, is it? I mean, look, Jerry's got more money than Davy Crockett. Is he really concerned with the? I mean, what, he did the same stuff with Jason Garrett. Everybody knew Jason Garrett had to go. Yeah. And yep. now Dak Prescott, let's be honest, guys, has turned into Tony Romo in these playoff games. You repeat history is repeating itself. It is, and so that is the latest when it comes to that. We just wanted to mention it. I'm going to let you hear Mike Tomlin too coming up here in a second. But if you're just joining us, maybe you're tuning in for the first time. Thank you for listening to Atlanta Sports uh, Number One Sports Station. It's Number One Sports Show, Dukes and Bell. Here's the deal. Bill Belichick is going to get a second interview. And if this is something you've heard today and you were freaking out, we're here to calm you down a little bit. This doesn't mean he's going to get hired immediately. It might mean he gets hired, but it's not going to happen today or the next day or over the weekend. The Falcons have to wait until they are able to do these face-to-face interviews to, uh, uh, you know, satisfy the Rooney rule, which is interviewing two minority candidates or a woman, okay? And there are women who are involved in the NFL coaching circles and things of that nature. So um, that has to happen face-to-face. On top of that, uh, you can't do anything next until next week because guys that are under contract, which is a lot of reasons why some of these teams have not been able to talk to some of the, the, the coaches they've wanted to. So I'm just laying it out for you. Yes, there is possibly a really good chance. If I was to tell you right now, Mike, there's a 70% chance that Belichick might be the next head coach. I'm not making that up. He is getting a second interview. But I also think they'll interview other guys. And I also think, Mike, that other guys will get second interviews. So – we just got to see where this goes. But, Mike, I know it's kind of been the topic of conversation today because we all really freaked out when the news came down today that, oh, the Falcons, they can do this because Belichick's a free agent. Guys. Correct. So, And we'll see where it goes now. The, uh, the, the conversation maybe happens over the weekend. And maybe Monday or Tuesday we're talking about Bill Belichick. I still would love to see what Ben Johnson – again, it's tough, though, because this is the disadvantage of being on a playoff team. You're doing yeah. a video conference, yeah. zoop, zoop, you're in, you're out, as opposed to, you know, face-to-face. Harbaugh, 
Uh, for what it's worth, the charges now, after talking to David Shaw and other minority candidates in, in person, are now Rooney Rule compliant, uh, L.A. is. So if they're interested in Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh is interested in going out there, uh, we're going to hear coming up with uh, Dane Brugler. There's an interesting draft pick that uh, the Chargers might want to pull uh, on coming up in, in April that would really make them look like a hell of a, a hell of a team, Carl. But if he goes there, they, they can do this right now. Harbaugh can be the Chargers coach if that's what, if that's where they want to go anytime now. No doubt. So as we discuss this today, I just let's take a step back. I still think they want to talk to all of these guys that they've mentioned or at least requested interviews for Mike. I don't think this is going to be. You know, a fugazi, as you like to say, mm-hmm. where, oh, we want to talk to all these guys, and then immediately hire. I don't think that happens. I think they talk to these guys, and then, Mike, at some point, the job will be offered. But knowing today, and this is another point that I want to mention, Terry is in the room, and we're talking about Terry Fontenot, and I know a lot of mm-hmm. folks have talked to us about how they felt he was disrespected not being at that last press conference where Arthur Smith was let go and he wasn't there to answer some of the questions, and we understand why the Falcons said, hey, he's not available, but he's in these interviews. And he will be in the interview, in the second interview with Bill Belichick, as he should be. And, Mike, again, all the questions we've been talking about today about where do you go, how do you handle this, what is my role if I'm Terry, right? If you are to get this job, what is my role? Your job is to pick the players. Okay, great. Or, as Mike has been saying all day, get out of my way. Does he say that (laughs) to to, to Terry Fonda? I don't know. Well, I mean, look. The first, and we're going to talk to some folks from Boston tomorrow and find out just how things have rolled. In the, the last few weeks he was on the job, Belichick talked about perhaps ceding some of that control. But that's if he wanted to stay in New England, which apparently he did. Is he going to want to cede control? Does he come in and say, look, oh, with all due respect, I've got my plan. It's a Patriot way. I'm going to do my own thing. So fine. I'm going to sit here and dot the I's across the T's, but it's going to be on my way, the highway. And, and, and Arthur Blank might go, yes, Bill, we, Bill whatever you need. Oh, whatever no, you need, Bill. No, I, Arthur. I'm going to give you, pardon the pun, a blank check. <laughs> so I just feel that you can, I, look, regardless, and I, there's names we want. You know me. I'm enamored with the Harbaugh. I want Harbaugh here. That not, it seems like it ain't going to happen. I love well, the idea. Guy, well, let's get him a chance to, well, to do the second interview. I'm just telling you, as sure as uh, God made little green apples, Carl, that we're going to be having Bill Belichick as our head coach because that's what Arthur wants. Yeah, we'll get ready for the Jets next week. Uh, More snaps than he gets. Sure. Big cook. Yeah, big cook. Chipping away at it. Yeah, that's right. And then, so we and then Squid Billy and Mike Johnson. Zero. And Tiffany, you can have this conversation because we're not doing it. All right. So the thing about Belichick – no one debates. We guys, we've had this conversation five thousand times the last few weeks. He is the he is the goat. And a guy brought this up. I was arguing with earlier. It wasn't all about Brady. He had great defenses. We get that. Yeah. But he, not everybody stays like at that level of performance as they get older. I've given you the list of the legendary of legendary coaches who all fizzled in the end. You know, so if you feel that a guy at age seventy two is going to reinvent himself, no, I feel he's going to come in here and continue what he was doing in New England. Uh, Carl, I hope I'm wrong, but as I said to you earlier, if you, if you guys out there got a 72-year-old grandfather, you know, is he going to do things differently now? All of a sudden, he's going to have an epiphany about things. Go, you know, I've been doing this 72 years this way, but I think now I'm going to change it up. I just don't see it. Uh, then if that's going to be the case, then you don't hire him. Bingo! Seriously. That's what I would do. Seriously. Or not like, do. Like, like that, if it's going to be that way, I, I am telling you that I feel like if this is going to work, it has to be different. He can't do everything like he once thought or we all thought that he was. He just can't. You can't pick the guys. You can't do the free agent moves. You can't, you can't go get the quarterback. You can't. You know what Bill Belichick is really good at? Real talk? Defense. That's what he's great mm-hmm. at. That's where he made his bones. Right. 
Now, he is a good motivator because all these years of all the great players he's had a chance to coach, Mike, they will tell you, Bill can get you, he can get you motivated. He can get under your skin a little bit. He can press you, you know? And, and by the way, I don't want to dismiss that this guy did coach the greatest defensive player in the history of football yep. in Lawrence Taylor. This is where right. he made his bones. And then you think about, as a couple guys brought up today on Twitter, you know, the Malcolm Butler. That's a play that they practice and practice knowing that the Seattle Seahawks might go to that. Now, Seattle should have just ran the ball with beast mode. They didn't. But that was, that preparation. was the, the preparation. preparation. That was the things you saw that made the but Patriots but, special. But that's defense. Correct. And, and it's so, also a long time ago. It is. And so that is why I say, you know what? I'm just going to coach. And I'm going to bring in a great coordinator, and this is what should be communicated today, or, or not today, but when he has a second interview. I'm going to bring in a great uh, coordinator. Uh, who that is, I don't know. Because, listen, he knows everybody in the league. Bill, Bill could go get whoever he wants if he really wants to. But at the end of the day, that should be the plan, Mike. And, and by the way, there should be a role for Terry Fontenot to continue to build. For everybody who says Dukes and Bell, let Terry cook, he's done a really good job. And I said, for me, I see separation. Got the players. It's not his fault that this thing didn't work offensively. Right. I know that, uh, and we still don't really know the process. I still, after hearing 90 minutes of a press conference earlier last week, have any idea who drafted uh, Kyle Pitts or why we kept going skill position. We think that was more about Arthur. But the free agent moves, some of the other pieces he's drafted are, are pretty good. I, I mean, I, I'd like to get to know Terry a little bit more than the chances we've had a chance to talk to him off the air. And I'd love to see him in this process because I think he does have something to bring to the table. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm, I'm not being mean-spirited about this. I just think if Belichick comes in, it, it's just going to be, and, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think Belichick is going to continue what he was doing in New England. Yeah. Uh, and that means he's running everything. All right, 404-726-0929. Um, we'll see where this goes. Uh, can we hear Mike Tomlin, by the way? Tomlin, he had a uh, one for the ages pressers today um, as he spoke to the media. And I just find it interesting, Mike. We're talking about all these coaches. And Tomlin, this is one of his quotes today. I'm a football coach. It's what I do. I respect the position that I hold. I have no sense of entitlement in terms of what I do. I just got a high level of respect for what we all do in this space. And I try to earn it every day. Uh, but when asked about how everybody was doing, remember how the presser ended after they lost the game to Buffalo? He walked off the podium. This is how he addressed the media today. Good afternoon. Uh, in a little better mood today, man. Anybody got any contract questions? <laughs> That's so funny. He says, by the way, that him and the ownership have a great relationship, and he expects the contract to get done. He's going to be back in Pittsburgh, yep. Mike. And the Roonies are saying we definitely want to give him a contract extension. He also apologized for leaving the press conference. He just felt, look, I'm still in game mode, and I don't want to talk about things like contracts, and that's why he, did it. he apologized to the reporter who asked the question, even though it was more of a statement than a question that True. got him to split from the podium. All right. Um, as we talk about all the things that are going on around the NFL, and it's, it's a circus right now. It just is. This is part of who are we getting? Are we talking to the right people? Who do we really want? Do we give this guy a second interview? Mike, we got to talk to Vrabel. We got to talk to Ben Johnson, yep. okay? This is why the Belichick thing, it's great, but we got to slow down. We got to talk to, uh, oh, you want Harbaugh for a second interview? Yes, I mean, at least kick the tires. Or look, as we said, I keep saying San Diego, the Chargers, L.A., right now because they're Rooney Rule compliant, if Harbaugh is the guy, you know, and maybe uh, he, it, it did come down to the fact that with Justin Herbert, I've got a guy who's dynamic, he's here, he's got experience, I can go take this guy and this team to the next level. Won't you guys clean out the cap? Vrabel goes to the Chargers, they're going to be – they're going to be good. Because they just needed competent coaching. Yes. Brandon yes. Staley was incompetent. Yeah. They're, they're going to be good. And you know, the other thing about the coaching hires, and I know we, we, brought, we brought this up earlier, if you go back and look, like, just Google 2019 NFL coaching hires or 2020 coaching hires, for every guy that got the job done right, there's a bunch of meh. 
some horrible coaches out there. I mean, the year that, uh, you know, we. 2019? Sh- yeah, and the year that we probably should have moved on from Dan Quinn was after the 18th season, but the injuries was the excuse. You're right. That's the year that Zach Taylor got hired. That's the year that Matt LaFleur got hired yeah. in Green Bay. So it just, and you get back to some of these dudes like Robert Sala got hired when Arthur got hired. Brandon Staley got hired. Uh, Sirianni got hired up there. Dan Campbell got hired. Sure did. And now Dan Campbell, and we used to make fun of, looks like, you know, a guy who's really got to handle on things and may just go to the NFC Championship. They, they built it the right way. They're, I think their general manager is an underrated general manager right. in this Good league. Good point. And Brad Holmes. Uh, it, it, listen, you can have a great coach. You still need the players. Hello, Bill. You still need elite guys. So what the, the Detroit Lions have done is that they, if they re-sign golf, which they will, guys, mm. I think they'll be in the mix for a while. Hey, guy just hit us up. Uh, bleeding, garnet, and black. He says, whether Bill reinvents himself or not, looking at our present personnel versus Pat's minus QB, does our current roster not give Belichick a better chance of success? Yes, it was, does. Yes, we are, we're further down the road. Yes, it does. You know, and certainly, now, the defense was good. I mean, you couldn't get some uh, some quarterbacks on the ground at the end of the season, but there's still room to improve, and we got some cap space. The question, of course, the $64,000 question, does Belichick, if he comes here, want to bring in a quarterback who's established or he's got a guy in the draft? That's where it gets a little iffy based on the last four years. lot to be determined. Uh, got to give a shout-out to the Hawks last night. DJ DeJounte Murray with the game winner. Let's hear what he said about it, Mike, because they went on the final shot. They beat Orlando. They're back in action against the uh, Miami Heat tomorrow right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's a make or miss league. You're going to make or miss shots. But, you know, with me, I always feel like I'm going to make the next shot if I miss a shot. So, uh, you know, it just comes from just working hard and just being, you know, extremely confident in myself, uh, even my teammates. My teammate took the shot. I believe it's going in. Uh, so, you know, I didn't shoot it with the intentions of, oh, I'm going to miss this shot. You know, it was like, let's go home, and, you know, I made the shot. Didn't blow the lead, stayed clutch. Certainly, I know when uh, Benchero hit that uh, that shot, I was like, man. We play defense. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, did, they were dead even. It was 28-28 in the fourth between the Magic and the Hawks. Look, they had built a lead up before that, but uh, that was an exciting game. And, look, I don't want to lose DJ, but we'd have to give DJ to get something, whatever we're going to do at the deadline. We're still playing only eight guys out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sadiq Bay wasn't much of anything last night. But uh, give a shout-out to Okongwu, who's doing a nice job in the paint. And Trey does what Trey does, another double-double. It was, uh, But that was win. a hell of a moment for guys that stuck around to watch the end. I totally agree. It was a good win. Coming up, Dane Brugler, guys, draft analyst for the Athletic. Check out his latest lo- uh, mock draft. We are going to talk about us having the eighth overall pick. And what else may happen in this draft that might affect us? Now, it's way early, but this is when you start to hear some of the names that we'll be talking about. Uh, we're going to have, you know, guys playing in senior bowls here in just a little bit, Mike, in a couple of weeks. Mm. All this stuff is going to start to shake out. Once we get the coach in place, this is going to be something we're going to spend a lot of time on. And I think we all can agree. I'm waving my hand in Atlanta. We've got to get a quarterback. Hear what Dane Brugler has to say next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We play defense. <laughs> CashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000. All right, Dane Brugler is here, draft analyst for The Athletic. Check out his latest mock draft at The Athletic. I love your work, Dane, first and foremost. Appreciate it. Uh, as we in this city are already in this mode, and that is how do we move forward and what are we going to do? Now, we have to hire a coach, but let's talk about what you have the Falcons potentially doing in your first mock draft at 8 even with the news that we're hearing, you know, Chicago, whether they're going to be in the business of trading that first pick or not, what do you think we're doing, and, and what position are you looking at? Yeah, you know, I 
know, it's funny. The Falcons are now the betting favorite for Bill Belichick uh, in Vegas. So uh, mm-hmm. something, uh, something to monitor there. Uh, but, yeah, when it comes to the draft, picking at number eight, um, obviously the coaching staff needs to get put in place first. But regardless, quarterback is, has to be the priority this offseason. What are you going to do to get better at the most important position on your roster? And, uh, you know, you mentioned my mock draft came out this week. It's a two-rounder. And uh, Falcons fans, I got a lot of favorable fe- feedback from them uh, based off of the results. At eight, having going Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU. And then second round, going Jalen Polk, the wide receiver uh, from uh, Washington. So, you know, you get better on offense with these two picks. Uh, I think this is an offense that is ready to go. You have an offensive line that uh, I think is in the top half of the league. You have offensive weapons. Um, but, you know, you can get better at receiver. You need a, a more established number two, whether they do go that route in free agency or if they try to draft and develop that guy. Um, obviously, at running back, uh, you feel pretty strong. It's just, okay, who's going to be the point guard at quarterback? And I think it'd be a lot of fun. Drop Jane Daniels into that mix and see what he can do. Um, I, now, will he be there at eight? Could he be off the board in the first seven picks? Certainly. That That's part of this uh, – you know, as we go through the draft process, teams that will be picking in the first seven picks will figuring that out. The Patriots at three have a need at quarterback. The Giants at six potentially could be looking at a quarterback like Jaden Daniels. So for the Falcons to sit at eight, they don't necessarily control everything. They might have to make a move if they really want one of these quarterbacks. But it's at least one of those scenarios where if Jaden Daniels were on the board, he would make a lot of sense there for Atlanta at eight. Yeah, I love that idea. I think a lot of uh, Falcon fans definitely put some fannies in the seats and be excited about it. Dane Brugler, I base my drafts, Carl, on his teachings. <laughs> Do a lot of mock drafts. Uh, is, is when we're talking quarterbacks, which is perhaps good to your point, we'd have to trade up into the top five. Is it just a done deal? Now, combine aside, combine will sort of separate the men from the boys, but Drake May is like the can't-miss guy at two? No, I mean, you can't rule out anything with these first two picks because I think Caleb Williams is the overwhelming favorite to go number one. Um, I, I think that the Bears will end up trading Justin Fields. Uh, but, you know what, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And, uh, you know, not all not all uh, these teams are dead set on, hey, Caleb's one and then, you know, Drake's two. It's, it's kind of a 1A, 1B, and some teams differ on what the order is of these two guys. And so – um, I, I don't, I, we can't put it in pen just yet that Caleb Williams will be that number one overall pick or that he'll be the first quarterback off the board. Uh, but where we are right now, we're in the middle of January. I think it's fair to say that Caleb is the favorite, and we'll see how the, the process plays out. Both of these guys are really promising prospects. The goal of drafting a quarterback in the top five, top, top ten, is not to draft the next Patrick Mahomes. That's just not realistic. The, the goal should be, can we draft a guy that we feel will be a top 10 quarterback at some time in, in his rookie contract? You know, will he get there? Now, a guy like C.J. Stroud's gotten there a lot quicker than I think anybody thought, but, you know, that, that is the goal with, the, with one of these early picks. And so I think with both Caleb Williams and Drake May, they have that potential to be a top 10 quarterback at some point in the next three to four years. How many receivers go in the top 10 or 15? I, I'm looking at this uh, three or do three go in the top 10? Because if they do, that right. means these quarterbacks are going to be there potentially for the Falcons, and I'm just worried about that. But what do you think, Daniel? Mm-hmm. What do you think? In this scenario, I had three coming off the board in the first six. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, from Ohio State at number three to the Patriots. Um, you know, he's you, – you never say the words can't miss when it comes to the draft, but uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is pretty darn close. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Larry Fitzgerald coming out just with the, the way he plays. The, he's big and he's athletic and – uh, you know, has the physical traits, 
But more importantly, uh, the route running, the way he slows the ball down at the catch point, makes these adjustments, it's just really all, it's all natural for him. Um, he's, he's off the board there at three. Number four, Malik Neighbors um, uh, to the Cardinals. It, it, he's another guy that just doesn't have limitations with the way he plays. And if you want to get more explosive on offense, Malik Neighbors is your guy. He led all of college football last year with 34 catches at 20-plus yards. And then I have Roma Dunze um, at number six to the Giants, another guy that you think can come in, be a number one type of receiver. Reminds me a lot of Amari Cooper uh, over there in Cleveland. Uh, plays really well through contact. He's a big guy, but he's a good athlete as well. Quarterback friendly. So, you know, these three receivers, I think, are going to be in high demand early. And it'll be interesting, you know, if you're a team like the Giants, who, you know, they have Daniel Jones. But, you know, is it uh, should we draft maybe the number one receiver and give Daniel Jones another chance? Or do we go with the quarterback and just, you know, take the Band-Aid off and uh, go for the change right away? It is a Dane Brugler, guys, a draft analyst for The Athletic. The latest mock draft is up there at The Athletic. Again, we still have, as Dane just said, a lot of work to be done, the combine and the pro days and all that. But one guy that seems like a can't-miss dude, you've got him going to the Chargers, is Brock Bowers. And I know they've got some cap issues, but wouldn't that be something if Harbaugh is there and the kind of offensive things you could do with Herbert and Bowers? Oh, it would be it'd be a home run. Um, and, and Brock Bowers, yeah, he is a tight end on the roster. That's how he's listed. But he's more offensive weapon because you can line him up out wide in the slot as a true wide receiver, and he do just fine. He can get open. He wins at the catch point. Uh, but you can also reduce him to uh, inside and, and let him play in line, let him play attached, and he can block. He can get out in space. Um, so I think it's you know that's kind of the same, a similar conversation with Kyle Pitts is you can't consider him as just a tight end. He's much more than that. And the Chargers, you know, no mystery, they need to get better. Uh, on offense, add more explosiveness, more skill talent. And I think Brock Bowers would do that, even though five, five overall seems a little early for a tight end, but the talent is there. And the impact he can make on that offense, I, I think, makes it worth it at that point. We're talking with Dane Brugler, guys. Check him out. The Athletic, he covers the NFL draft, and he is all over it. He's already put out his first mock draft. Uh, surprises in this first mock draft. What was it or what did you put in there that might surprise people when they go, ah, is that really going to happen? Well, I, I think that, you know, maybe some of these guys are um, more well-liked by NFL teams. Because, you know, a mock draft, this, this mock draft I put out, is, it's not my rankings. It's not necessarily sure. my opinion of the players. This is based on what I'm hearing from teams and who they really like. So, you know, the first cor- cornerback off the board is um, an Alabama corner, but not, not Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry on Arnold, who oh. a lot of teams feel is the top corner in this draft. The top defensive tackle off the board in this scenario Byron Murphy II from Texas, uh, who a lot of teams are really excited about. Um, you know, Brian Thomas uh, Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, the you know, quote-unquote other receiver uh, coming out of LSU this year, he is uh, – a lot of teams are really high on him. It might not just be those top three guys. It might be four in that top tier with the way that some teams talk about Brian Thomas Jr. And then I think the, you know, the big question will be, let's just say that Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jane Daniels are the first three quarterbacks drafted. Who is that fourth quarterback, and how early will he come off the board? Because you know we've got plenty of teams, especially once you get into the teams, Minnesota, Denver, uh, Vegas, the Saints, a lot of these teams that could use a quarterback, do they like any of these guys enough uh, to take them at that point? And I'm talking about J.J. McCarthy, uh, you know, just coming off a 27-1 career at Michigan, including a national title. Uh, Does he have enough on the resume 
uh, we, on paper he does in terms of the, you know what he's done uh, as the quarterback of that team. But in terms of pushing the ball downfield and putting enough on tape to make you feel good about him being a franchise guy for an NFL team, is there enough out there? I think for some teams there will be, for some teams there won't. Uh, and then also Bo Nix and Michael Penix, um, Oregon and Washington. How early do they come off the board? Is it the first round? I think opinions are so split on these quarterbacks that it's really going to be interesting, uh, starting with the Senior Bowl here in a few weeks. Both Penix and uh, uh, Bo Nix will be at the Senior Bowl, then the Combine, then the workouts. How the, the narratives will change, especially with those two quarterbacks. And obviously, the physicals are going to be the huge. That's everyone's going to be on those knees when they're looking at him. He'll be under like a fine tooth comb at the combine. Right. But Bo, it's it's tough for guys in the southeast because Bo Nix looks so average at Auburn, and obviously blew it up out there in the Pac-12. Right, and you know, I think on one hand, you have to give him credit for kind of reimagining himself, at, you know, in a different spot. Sometimes all you need is that change of scenery. You know, that could be the case with a guy like Justin Fields. The Bears might trade him, and he could end up being a Pro Bowl player elsewhere with a change of scenery. Uh, but one thing that you know bothers me when I watch no, Bo Nix and really study his game is just it's just a lot of quick game. And so the ball, he gets rid of the ball quicker than any other quarterback in college football. So a lot of underneath routes, um, the ball is out of his hand. They make it really easy on him. And once we get to the NFL, it's you know it's not quite that easy. And so I think that transition, even though he's an older guy, played a lot of football. I think that transition to the NFL might be a little little more rocky than uh, what you would think for a guy that's been a five-year starter in college football. And just real quick, Dane, uh, we're always looking for edge rushers. This franchise has been looking for one for years. Uh, I, I see you got like three or four guys. Who, who are the top edge rushers for you in this draft and anybody that may slip out to the second round? Yeah, I think this is an, um, kind of a strange edge rusher class because we don't have that Will Anderson in this group. You know, the the top five, no doubt about it. No Miles Garrett, no Bosa brothers, Chase Young, any, anybody like that. But there are some quality pass rushers in the first round. I think there, it starts with three guys, Dallas Turner from Alabama, um, Liatu Latu from UCLA, and then um, Jared Verse from Florida State. Uh, Dallas Turner, he is a freaky dude. Uh, he, he moves like a linebacker, but he plays like a defensive end because he can play the run. He can bend the edge as, as, a, as a pass rusher. Uh, Latu is he's kind of like John Wick. You know, he's not physically <laughs> imposing necessarily, but he just has that killer instinct. And the way that you know, he uses his technique, his hands, uh, to break down the rhythm of blockers and get to the quarterback, it's it's really, really impressive. And then Jared Verse uh, brings a little bit of both because he is uh, physically uh, impressive, but he has power, especially the speed to power, the way he can uh, use that momentum off the edge is, is pretty impressive. But I think after those three guys, there is a little bit of a drop-off, and it, it thins out the edge class. And so if you don't get one of those three guys or a few others that – you know, you like Chop Robinson from Penn State's a solid player, uh, more of a, a raw player that's growing into the player he's going to be. Uh, Braylon Trace from Washington, but that's more of a day two player. So once you get past those top three edge rushers, it does thin out a little bit, and you're kind of crossing your fingers that maybe the guy you would want would still be there in the second round. Dane, great stuff, man. Uh, can't wait to continue our conversations with you as more and more comes out and we learn more about the guys that are going to be in this upcoming draft. Dane Brugler, guys, check him out on The Athletic and check out the latest mock draft. Dane, have a great day. Anytime. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, one of the best in the business, uh, and we will continue our conversations with him as we get closer and closer to the draft, but uh, there's going to be a lot of those as we get 
down the road. We got to figure out this coaching thing. And if you're just joining us, Bill Belichick, we'll get a, a second interview with the Falcons. Mike, we got to get to the nice last call. And you brought up a crazy story that could take place here in Georgia. Yes, Planet of the Apes could begin in Bainbridge. Uh, something like 300,000 square foot. Uh, monkey breeding facility for medical experiments. And this is where it starts, Carl. Next thing you know, one of them talks, and then you got uh, gorillas and monkeys and forerunners and uh, four-by-fours coming out of Bainbridge, and it's the end of the world as we know it. So what we're going with tonight, the genre is called dystopian sci-fi. And you're going, dystop what? Alternate futures, okay, like Blade Runner. Even even Flash, technically, because Flash Gordon was the quarterback for the New York Jets. Um <laughs> Movies like Clockwork Orange, uh, movies like Oblivion with Tom Cruise. You know, there's been a, a great movie. There's been a, a, aliens have invaded Earth. So if you follow me, that's what we're shooting for tonight at 404-726-0929. Right? Is that the number? I got it right without even looking. Yay! What's All that right. number again? 404-726-0929. All right. You follow, I mean, you think that's too specific a genre? No. Or sci-fi? It could be character or the right. movie. Your favorite movie or character? Maybe it was Doctor Zayas. <laughs> All right, you know? that's tonight. We're having some fun with you guys, uh, and we love sci-fi. Hey, but- idiocracy. The mic- Actually, we're living idiocracy right now. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let us know what you think. Last call's next. Your chance to chime in on the biggest stories of the day. All right, 404-726-0929. Could Planet of the Apes become real here in the state of Georgia? We're not joking. <laughs> Which got us on this whole sci-fi tip, Mike. Right. We are asking you, best sci-fi character or movie, all right? right. And Mike laid out a couple. Uh, there are no wrong answers. 404-726-0929, as you were throwing some out there. But, again, for those who missed right. the story, uh, Mike mentioned this. They're going to do this uh, no, basically you Bainbridge, right? Yeah, there's, they gotta, I guess the monkeys got to come from somewhere. I thought they just imported them, but it's cheaper. Apparently, to apparently have the monkeys breed in a building. Don't want that. In Bainbridge. Well, I mean, it's only if they become self-aware or, you know, they have a monkey from the future from Planet yeah. of the Apes who comes back and then, you know, that's how but, that started. But you said this. And how many monkeys are they going to have down there? A lot. Okay. I don't want that in my backyard. By the way. That's just me. By the way, when you mentioned that, Mike, somebody texted in and there's one indicator and I looked. It's walking distance from my house. See, there you and go. And you didn't even know? I didn't even know that. No. No. Well, how many of these monkey facilities? Is that a monkey business going on here, Carl? <laughs> one too many, apparently. apparently yeah. bis- business is booming. So we were joking around about Planet of the Apes, which got us into, you know, remember, uh, what was it, Soylent Green? It's made of people! <laughs> Charlton Heston was in a lot of those, like, you know, where the, the future the future goes sideways, Planet of the Apes, the Omega Man. That was a zombie that movie, was a good which one. is kind of like uh, the Will Smith I Am Legend is kind of like the updated version of the Omega Man. Apparently, aren't they doing an I Am Legend 2? Have you heard this? Yeah. They are doing an I Am Legend 2, which took forever. I love the, right. the I Am Legend First one, movie. I was I, bananas. It was great. Love it was great. It. Carl! You're on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's going on? Hey, Carl with the K. Yeah, long time, first time. Uh, you guys are looking for a movie, but the, the greatest of all time is the classic 1984 George Orwell. Uh, they've mm. never made a good movie. Um, I'm chomping at the bit for one of those. More right. relevant to our time than anything else I can think of. It's a good point. Yeah, I think it was John Hurt was the the English actor in that one. It's, good, it's a good one. Remember they said the same thing about Dune. They did. The first Dune that came out was kind of meh. And then, obviously, the one that we're waiting on, that comes out this spring, by the way, part two. Part two, no right. doubt. David, you're on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's going on, David? Uh, just bear with me. What is something wrong in the neighborhood? <laughs> Who are you going to call? 
Ghostbusters. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. By the way. I'm the key master. I, <laughs> the last one I'm they the gatekeeper. Did, right. Orrin, did you see the last one? No, with the kids from Stranger Things, I haven't seen that one. It was one. really no. good. Was they it did good? a sequel to that one, by the way, and the sequel's supposed to have uh, everybody from the original cast except uh, Harold Ramis. Did it make any money? Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Did it make any money? Paul Rudd. It was, it was and, good. Right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, man. Uh, I- 2021 when it came out, but I saw it recently and was like, all right, I was kind of blown away. I uh, didn't know it would be that good. Swede, you're on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Swede, who's the uh, movie or the character, sci-fi? Hey man. hey, man. Well, I got two of them here. Of course, they'll date me, but uh, the first one is The Day the Earth Stood Still with mm. Michael Rennie and Patricia Neal. Yeah. And the other one would be, interestingly enough, a film called Them with James Whitmore, 1953. Anyway, love you guys' show. Thanks. You Talk too. to you soon. What's nice. Them about? Why Them I'm is not... a uh, black and white science fiction monster film. Uh, uh, the, 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 oh, it's a giant. It looks like giant spiders and bugs uh-huh. and critters. Okay. Pretty cool. The Blob, Steve, the Blob. a young Steve McQueen, by yep. the way. For the those Blob. who don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I I never saw that movie that, yeah. that he's talking about. Them. There, the one uh, invasion of the body snatchers and the ending. You know, Donald Sutherland. Rah! You know, at the Great. end, filmed in San Francisco. Very Great. creepy. Very yeah, good. that was yeah. that was a movie that that freaked the people updated out. one they did with uh, Nicole Kidman. Not sucked. as good. No, Not as but good. yeah, but the first one, great. Jimbo, send Jimbo Fisher. Is it? Hey, man. <laughs> now, what's up, Carl? Hey, man. What's hey, going man. on? Hey, I, I remember that movie, Jim. I think it was about ants, and if I'm not mistaken, Russell Johnson, who played the professor on Gilligan's Island, was one of the stars. Wow. But I got a, I got a couple here. Okay. Um, one being a TV series from the '60s. It was called The Invaders. I believe it starred Roy Finnis, and basically, he was a guy. <laughs> who saw some aliens disguising themselves as humans. However, he was never able to get anybody to believe him, so it was a, a far-fetched uh, story, but it was quite interesting, and it was also a Quinn Martin person. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What was the one with Roddy, with Roddy Piper where we had, you put the glasses on with David Keith, and only then could you see the aliens? Yep. yep. What was that one called, Oren? Where it's like, put on these glasses! <laughs> and that's the only way you could see them. <laughs> you could see the aliens. Yeah. Uh, they live. Is that right, Orange? They live is what it was called. That Good was, pull. That was funny. You know what? I got, um, I got bubble. Or I'm here to kick blank and chew bubble gum. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble, bubble gum. gum. That's right. Uh, Blade Runner, by the way, still my favorite. Great movie, man. Great. I movie. love sci-fi. And again, Alien and Aliens. You know, I mean, there's you can't go wrong. No, Sean. What do you think, man? You're up next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's hey, going man. on, Sean? Ricardo Montalban in Star Trek II. <laughs> I didn't understand it. He said, yeah, man, God. You know, and, and Chris is in the studio. He'll be in tonight for Jarkery. The best part of that, that's William Shatner at his most Shatner-esque, just chewing up scenery. Khan, you bloodsucker. You've managed to kill everyone here. You hear me, Khan? But you keep missing the target. Do you hear me? <laughs> yeah. He You're going to have to come down here, Khan. It's, uh, uh, that, uh, by the way. And one of those classics was star, as a Star Trek where it's like, Scotty, I need warp speed in five minutes, we're all dead. 
right. That's right. <laughs> Nothing ever works. Uh, what were you going to say? Oh, you were going to add something there? I was going to ask you when they did the uh, the remake of it and Benedict Cumberbatch played. Uh, yeah. You sure did. Con, yeah. what you guys think about that one? It was uh, okay. It was okay. It wasn't bad. Chris Pine as, uh, as Kirk, not bad. It, yeah, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't bad. They, when they rebooted it, those right. three. I actually enjoyed those three right. uh, reboots for Star Trek. All right, Chris, you're going to finish things up. We're going to talk to Turtle. He's coming up here, filling in for John Tucker. What's going on, Chris? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, thanks for saying sci-fi, Carl. Man, your boy over there using the 75-cent words, dystopia, confusing everybody, man. <laughs> We're trying to edge. You know what? My dad always said, you can never be too dumb. But you, Come on now. I used dystopia. You went to college. Come on. <laughs> So right on, uh, right on, Mike Bell. And I'm gonna take you, hey, and I'm gonna take you guys out out on this one. As a kid from the '70s, all I want to do is either ride on Johnny Sacco's shoulder or fight with Ultraman. Hello. Nice, good stuff, Chris. Ultraman. Ultraman. Uh, speaking of Chris, Chris, our Chris, we call him Turtle because uh, he looks like uh, Turtle from Entourage. If you're familiar with that show, ah, uh, how was your how was your day, man? First of all, Men in Black. Is the correct answer? Oh, right. good call, good call. That was I was the perfect age when that. So clever came out. too, so well done. The first, second one sucked. By the way, all, yeah. all the sequels. The yeah. The, yeah. the ride that they had, well, I don't even know if it's still down there. It, it uh, was it Universal? Universal. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Where right. you got to shoot? The, you got to shoot the monsters. Yes. It oh, was. Yeah. It's so good because you go in and you become basically a man in black. Right. And then you're on this adventure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And but, by, by the way, one of the funniest Family Guy skits ever is when they do the con, but they replace it with a goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, they did. I'm trying to think. They did. There was one, two, and then there was a. Who was the girl in Men in Black Three? Because that one was okay. It's the same actress that plays Valkyrie in Thor. That's right. Yes. Good call. Gotcha. Yes. That's right. What do you got coming up? Man? She was in the uh, Westworld. Yes, she was. Right. The same one. Yes. Good call. So today the Falcons did something really good, mm-hmm. and they did something really bad. I will explain. Stay right there. That's a tease. He's got you coming up at 7 o'clock. Orn, let's get out of here and clear out, though. Dukes and Bella wrapping up another show. So it's time for Let Me Clear My Throat on Sports Radio 92.9. Oh! Hey, big shout-out to all of our guests. Uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. <laughs> Brandon Gordon also joined us. Go check out Brandon's interview. It was really good. He uh, was recently named Sportscaster of uh, of the Year for Georgia. Right Congratulations on. to him. Michael Rothstein from ESPN stopped by tomorrow. We have more guests. But, Mike Bell, where are we tomorrow? Hey, man, we're going to be at Gas South Arena. You know, I've all the time I've lived here, I missed out on the Knights. I had Thrasher's tickets for years, but I never got to see the Gladiators. So tomorrow night, we're going to be broadcast from Gas South. Gladiators are serving Hey Man Ale at the arena, so we'll be up there. Duluthians, Gwinnitians, come by and see us 2 to 7. I believe the doors open at 6. Either way, swing by. Yeah, we'll be up there doing our regular show. Mac tomorrow. Ben uh, uh, Volan from Boston. Mike, the Boston From Globe. Boston. We're going to talk to him about the whole Belichick thing with this second interview looming and all that. Steve Coonan's going to join us, guys. We're talking more NFL, and we'll give you are picks heading into the weekend big divisional round and we'll break down the games as well big old great job handling both duties chris is coming up next mike bell clear your throat hey man when it's not baseball season and hot stove league is kind of wound down there's really not much to talk about baseball wise but mlb network put out their list of the top 10 second basemen and you know who wasn't on it don't even go there Ozzy Albies. How? you got to be freaking kidding me they had some of these guys there's a couple of men- uh, guys mentioning me on twitter they didn't even know who these dudes were 
look, I don't know if it's a media bias against a tomahawk chop and some PC crap. I will never understand the media and their issues with the Braves. Albies is one of the top three, if not top five, okay, but he's definitely in the top freaking ten MLB. What are you guys smoking? You're supposed to be the guys who know baseball. When the season was playing out and it looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't going to make the playoffs, <laughs> and then they did, all the conversation about moving on from Mike Tomlin and that, well, it wasn't what it was. Are you crazy? Mm. Tomlin was right for walking off the podium being asked about having one year left on his contract. Today, he joked with the media saying, anybody got any questions about the contract? Mm. Mike Tomlin's one of the best to ever do it. If he quits today, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm. 17 straight winning seasons. Atlanta, could we ever ever think about Mm. something like that? When you have a great coach, you hold on to him Mm -hmm. until you can't. Hey, if you love the show, you tell your friends. If you don't. Some busted don't know what dystopian means.